0: The Human Factors Cast, your weekly podcast for all things Human Factors, Psychology, and Design. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to our HFES 2018 coverage. My name is Nick Rome. I'm joined by Blake Arnsdorf, and we got an all-star panel here. We have Drs. Gabriella Hancock and also Dr. Ellen Bass. Welcome to the show. Gabby, we just talked to you, so... Uh, hopefully our (laughs) listeners just listen to that and hello again (laughs) we're just coming through Ellen welcome to the show
1: thank you I'm honored to be here
0: so we today are gonna be talking about the women's leadership in HFE panel this is the past present and future right so kind of looking at all walks of this Um, and I personally have a lot of questions because Blake and I were unfortunate enough not to be able to go to this so I think you know for our listeners this will be a really great opportunity for them to kind of hear what this is about And then also, you know, we'll just, we'll talk about it and it'll be, it'll be a great time. (laughs) So first off, I want to, I want to see sort of what your, um, what experience you have and, and sort of, uh, sort of what your role is in the organization. I know Gabby, you're the chair of the session and then Ellen, you are a participant, right?
1: That's correct. There were five panelists. So I was 20% of the
2: panelists.
0: Excellent, so we got 20% we got, uh, <laughs> of the panelists here. We're good to go. <laughs> so could you just tell us briefly about your research? Gabby, we'll start with you.
2: Sure. Um, I uh, direct the Stress and Technology Applied Research Laboratory at Cal State Long Beach. Go, Beach. Go, Beach, indeed. Yes. And I um, concentrate on human performance under stress and workload, as well as individual differences in motivation when it comes to human technology interaction.
0: Excellent. And Ellen, how about you?
1: I direct the Human System Evaluation and Analysis Lab. We call it HCL. And I'm interested in operational concept development, so what's the big picture in complex systems and developing methods to ensure that in uh, safety-critical systems, they're both safe and effective and usable.
0: Excellent. So. Can you tell us just about the panel in general? Can you kind of give us, uh, well, what is it, first of all?
2: Absolutely. So um, it's part of a uh, larger effort that I'll speak a bit more about uh, later on in the podcast. Spoiler alert. But um, it was a concentrated effort to sort of get a panel of role models together of some of the absolute trailblazers and incredible success stories of women leaders in the field and to get their perspective on some of the major challenges facing the um, uh, development of women leaders in HFE uh, and to get particular successful strategies for how they've navigated those waters and impart those successful strategies to the next generation.
0: It seems like a fairly obvious question, but why is women leadership important?
2: Excellent. Because we are growing in the field. We're half the field and hopefully more in the future. And we face just as men face unique challenges in that uh, progression and development, so too do women and we want to see uh, more representation of uh, women in the organization and within HFES because uh, like some other STEM or STEAM disciplines, uh, there's still a little bit of a divide between the number of women who are coming into the field and are qualified and versus those that are represented in leadership positions. And it's getting better, it is, but uh, we'd like to help that along in a more organized fashion.
0: Yeah, that's great. Ellen, do you have anything to add to that?
2: Yeah, so... As uh, boys and girls are
1: raised, there there are definitely differences in how culture affects them. One of the things that we notice about girls and as they grow into women is that women don't always understand the importance of the network. And having a network of leaders, helping the next generation of leaders is a very nice way to move the needle that Gabby was talking about. Uh, in, in many cases, you might see that uh, boys might be part of a, a football team, and so they're, they're understanding like their sense of the group. Well, those types of groups also work in professional settings. And so getting the senior women who've had those experiences help the younger women think about what experiences they may want to go after is really very helpful. And the other issue is I would like to point out that there, there has always been um, some mid-level leaders, uh, for example, you know, Gabby herself. But we would also like to see leaders at all levels. And it's not just the human factors and ergonomics area where having female leaders is an issue. It's, you know, we could see it in politics, we can see it in corporations, we could see it in um, presidents of societies, we can see it in all different disciplines. Uh, But we have the opportunity here to really make a difference.
0: That's wonderful. Uh, Like, it looked like you were.
2: Yeah, so Gabby, you talked a little bit about like that
3: the panel kind of focused on some of the challenges, but also success stories and strategies. Could you touch a little on each one of those?
2: Absolutely. And I, can, um, I will let uh, Ellen speak to her success story because she's sitting right here, but I'll take the onus to talk about the other panelists who aren't uh, represented here. We also had Nancy Cook on our panel, immediate past president of the society. What a wonderful example for everyone because she has had an amazing career and is such a wonderful role model and leader in the field. We had uh, Heidi Cuevas, who is essentially her name could be a synonym for mentoring and student (laughs) success. She is just devoted to helping all students develop both personally and professionally, and she wants those whose goal is to be a leader of the field. She wants to foster that to the best of her ability, and I know that she succeeds, for I am one of her success stories. Uh, We also had Valerie Gowron, who's an engineer at the MITRE Corporation, who has just been on so many advisory boards for research over decades, for numerous different organizations and a lot of military sources. So just a wonderful reference for navigating those particular operational contexts. And finally, we had Nancy Larson, who was in industry for a number of years. She also has her own consulting firm and is a, a lecturer at the University of Minnesota. So we had a wonderful diversity in terms of if your goal is industry, here's someone you can look up to. If your goal is government, here's someone you can look up to. If your goal is academia, here's someone you can look up to. And all sorts of diverse training as well. So they could speak to the opportunities, they could speak to the particular education and experience that it takes.
0: Ellen. Uh, Gabby mentioned that you had a success story. curious to hear what that is.
1: Well, l- I would just want to give a little background sure so after I graduated college, I worked for IBM Federal Systems Division for about ten years that p- That actual part of IBM um, got sold off. Um, my friends still work in the same offices, but their business cards has a new company on it. Um, But after I worked uh, for a large company for 10 years, I wanted to go back and pursue a Ph.D. And then at the same time, I was working for a small business. And so for six years, I worked for search technology. And then I completed my Ph.D. And then I thought, well, I want to really try academia, which was a completely different move for me. And so I was hired at University of Virginia in systems and information engineering as an assistant professor. And when I got there, I would joke that I was kind of a mature assistant professor because I was older than some of the people who were in more senior positions at the university. So we had the opportunity at University of Virginia to be in a consortium and bid for a new award that was gonna come from the National Institute of Aerospace. And I was very excited because the dean wanted me to be part of this new initiative. So I went to the kickoff meeting where we were gonna write this proposal. Virginia Tech sent department heads, You know, all the other schools sent much more senior people, and there was um, six universities. There were five people from each university. I was the only assistant professor, and there were only a few women out of the group. And I thought to myself, you know, I have gained the respect of my colleagues, even though in title, I'm the m- most junior person here, but I was allowed to participate. and it may not seem like a, a big deal, but to be invited to the table when you aren't sure that you're going to be invited to that table, and to walk in and to look around and say, "I might have in academia the least experience of this group, but my uh, business experience and my aerospace expertise, you know, brought me to that table," was just a a very good um, success story for me, and I just want to add that the success uh, may, in this case, w- although we did win the proposal, so that it did have a good outcome, but in that case, the success was being acknowledged for my expertise, for what I had brought to University of Virginia, and not being judged by my title.
0: Do you feel like there's? other contributing factors so like the willingness of the staff to um sort of accept a woman in 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 a role like that um versus trying to fight your way up i mean i don't i don't know could you talk about sort of um the differences between the two like having to prove your worth uh i mean you shouldn't have to right your expertise should speak volumes but there's a, a a number of barriers that you experience uh, was that something that was talked about at the panel at all
2: it was um, I, I'd like to say that this is also like a, a battle that we all know in human factors is advocating for us as our own discipline right you say I'm in human factors and everybody kind of gets squinty-eyed they <laughs> tilt their head they go you're in what now What is that? what does that involve and so then you have to say well this is what we do and this is why it's of value you know and so because um, most of the time what they hear when they hear that is, oh, you're not an engineer, right? And you're like, well, I I do do engineering, (laughs) but okay. Um, And so, you know, it's this advocacy that you have to fight your corner for your particular field or your particular expertise and uh, kind of advocate for it to either the wider community or to the smaller operational context that you're in and kind of bring the data to support it. Right. So, you know, well, my degree is actually in this and that's what this means.
1: Yeah, I had um, brought up a personal experience that I had uh, when I was at IBM and I went to a meeting that was a room full of men and me. And one of the people at the meeting came up to me and was asking me where the coffee was. And I looked at him and I said, I don't know where the coffee Is I don't work this is not my unit Um, perhaps you could find the administrative assistant but for this man the only reason why I would have been in that room as the only woman was probably because I was the administrative assistant and therefore I would know where the coffee was and he didn't ask any of the other gentlemen first you know he asked me first and so this is him not really quite understanding that i was one of the engineers in the room and and there's just a just a small example of me being part of an organization taking my rifle seat at the table but someone not really understanding that that was really my rifle seat at the table
0: yeah i mean i i don't even know how you go up against that stuff as white males like we we have this privilege that is unspoken but is very sort of apparent right a a lot of white males don't even understand what white privilege is white male privilege specifically and so i guess one question i wanted to know just personally is like if you are a male how can you help advocate for women leaders? Um, and specifically, how can you help advocate for women leaders in this field? And, and what can we do?
1: So, I, I'll give you just a, a few thoughts in general and then in specifics. First of all, when, when you look at a person, you do notice they're male, they're female, uh, maybe they look transgender. Um, they look white, they look African American, they look like a mixture and you're not really sure. And many people will say, well, you should not see that. You know, you should try to be blind. No, we are all individuals. And if you don't notice that I'm a female, then you're taking away my identity, right? So acknowledging is is great, being respectful of, is even better. So I, I will respect you as a white male and I want you to you know, respect me as a white female. However, what's the next thing that we could do? Well, one thing is to think about your implicit bias. So the gentleman that I talked about in the IBM story, you know, it wouldn't imagine that I was the same as him. Right? He just had this implicit bias in his head. To say that we shouldn't have implicit bias, I think, is also not appropriate. How how can you tell people don't have implicit bias? So, when you're confronted with your own implicit bias, when someone comes to you, I mean, be respectful and be graceful. Geez, you know, I am so sorry. <laughs> it, it didn't occur to me, but I just learned from you. You know, a woman could have a seat at the table, right? So, just being respectful. And then the next step, how could you be helpful? You could ask, you know, how could I be helpful to you? And I would say, "Well, if you ever see another man say something to a woman that seems uh, inappropriate, say to him, you know, I I had that happen to me too." You know, why don't why don't you just tell her you're sorry? And let's see what we can learn from this situation. I think small steps like things can be, I, I'm a small ball kind of a gal, that we can change the world one person at a time, one interaction at a time. And, and being respectful
2: about it and graceful, I think is a really nice way forward.
0: Do you have any thoughts on that, Gabby?
2: I think Ellen hit it right on the head. I mean, I don't think anything else needs to be said about it. That was wonderful communication and mutual respect are key, no matter who you're dealing with, because we're all humans. And here at HFES, we're all scientists. Yeah. Would you like to share any of the other strategies from some of the other panelists that you had? Sure. Yes. (laughs) Yes, I would. Thank you. (laughs) I would love to do that because let me just um, uh, preface this a little bit with was um, the very first question that we had from the audience was a graduate student who was having this issue of I was the only human factors uh, person that was part of this group project. I was also the only woman who was part of this project. And she felt that her contributions were being ignored. And so some of our panelists were saying one way to do that is to advocate from the front end this is me these are my qualifications this is what I bring to the table and uh, here's the data to back that up about why this is useful and why these strategies will work there was an, an another panelist who mentored to approach it from the back result end which is Here's what we're trying to accomplish. Here's how my suggestion will get us there. Can you elaborate for me how your recommendation will get us there? There were other panelists, namely Ellen, who's here to my left, who said that um, kind of s- circle round them. Go for go go to make them question their own assumptions as to why they've been discounting your particular contributions. And then we had um, another wonderful panelist, who shall remain nameless, who was <laughs> just saying, steamroll em. Go <laughs> em. Go, go them, go through go, Go for the <laughs> alpha male, go for the jugular, you know, um, and, and just be very confrontational about it because sometimes that's how males interact with each other and if they respond to that, then that's a strategy you should adopt. So I think that was a wonderful um, Summary of the panel in a nutshell, which was, here's all our diverse training. Here's all of our diverse interests and our diverse experiences. Here are the strategies that have worked for us. So here are five different (laughs) ways to approach this problem. You go with whichever one you are comfortable with. And we'll be here with more options if that doesn't work for you.
0: That's wonderful. And I think it's an incredibly positive message, uh, especially for women in Human Factors. So let's say... um, that is there any way that our listeners can get involved if this is something that they want to, if they want to do?
2: Absolutely, yes, please do. Um, So this panel was actually part of a larger movement that's going on in HFE right now. And that is the um, HFE, Human Factors and Ergonomics, Women's Association, uh, Women's Organization for Mentoring and Networking. Pardon me, I messed that up. That is the HFE Women Group. And we're currently a sub uh, group of the larger education TG, and we have a number of ways that you can get involved. So one, of course, is the formulation of these panels that we continue to hope. Ha- uh, we have every year here at the annual meeting, but also we host an annual networking luncheon, which I'm very excited about because I was the luncheon chair this year. <laughs> we just had it earlier today, and we bought out the Hard Rock Cafe here in Philadelphia. We had 180 people, and wow. it was absolutely wonderful. And notice I say people because we did have men in attendance because they were there to learn and figure out communication strategies and mutual respect, and. Um, And we are looking for volunteers to help with those and similar efforts. And if listeners would like to get involved, they can go to hfwomensgroup.com, which is our blog, which will uh, catalog these opportunities as they continue to come up.
0: Excellent. Gabby, Ellen, thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate you coming on and talking about the women's panel and, and human factors and past, present, and future and strategies. It's been an absolute pleasure. You know how we sign off. But, Ellen, the way we sign off the show is, as you know, it depends in human factors. So, what we'll do is I'll count down, and on three, we'll say, It depends. Ready? One, two, three. It, it depends. depends.